we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 3rd edition of the sunny side of sports. African football stars Mohamed Salah of Egypt and Sadio Mane of Senegal are in Spain this Tuesday evening for Liverpool's second leg UEFA Champions League semifinal against Villarreal. Salah and Mane are hoping to lift the European Cup for a second time with Liverpool. The Reds of Liverpool won their sixth European title in 2019 when they beat Tottenham Hotspur 2-0 in the final with Salah scoring one of the goals. VOA's Gwen Uten joins us now with a preview of this evening's Villarreal versus Liverpool match. Sporty greetings, Gwen! Sporty greetings, Sonny! Following last week's 2-0 victory against Villarreal in the first leg of the Champions League semifinals, Liverpool head to the second leg with a two-goal advantage, thanks to an own goal and a strike by Senegalese star Sadio Mane. Liverpool are not only closing in on their third European Cup title in five seasons, they're on course to achieve an unprecedented quadruple of trophies in one campaign. But ahead of Tuesday's Champions League match, manager Jurgen Klopp said his side is only as good as their next encounter. The thing with all this, with all this, um, things during the season. Obviously in the situation we are, it's clear we must have done something right in, in the last few weeks and months. That's clear. Uh, but the problem in our job is everything perfect until this moment I'm sitting here and you know, the next game we start on the wrong foot or whatever and all of a sudden the game gets a, diff a difficult or a different dynamic and all these kind of things. And now, So it's, it's good to know and it gives, it's more a, it's more a, a, a a feeling inside. It's not that we are flying constantly and high five here and there, but we know we are in a good moment. That's true. But if you now go the other way around, um, what would you do if you had lost the, the, the game two nil away? Maybe not happy with your performance, knowing you can do better with your own crowd in the back. Why should I think about what we did in the past? My only concern is what we do tomorrow night. So, and, and we have to be ready to suffer. It's not being go down or whatever that that can happen in all football games that not I'm not thinking about that this year, Liverpool have won every away game in Champions League competition. And ahead of their second leg in Spain, Klopp says his team's level of maturity on the pitch has only helped them get half the job done. Uh, yeah, yeah, maturity experience, very important. But um, again, it's not the only decisive thing. That It's all cool. You can be old and know everything about football, but you, have, you still can't play, but you can't play it anymore, so that would not be helpful. Um, no, no, everything... Everything what we are is required tomorrow night. That's it. We have to um, be ready to play a, a, a top, 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 top game because they will, how I said, they will go for us. They will high press. Um, they will try to play much more football than we allowed them in the in the, in, in the first game. Um, I'm pretty sure because of changing eight players and then two played 45 minutes. Um, I'm pretty sure they had yesterday a normal session, so 
and I will for sure try to 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 adapt a few things to our style in this in this short spell. Um, so will be really interesting, definitely. And um, how is that? Uh, maturity is important, but not the only thing. While Liverpool boasts a perfect Champions League away run this season, Villarreal coach Unai Emery has enjoyed an 84% success rate in European knockout ties over the past 12 years. Emery admits their latest 2-1 La Liga defeat against Alaves is not ideal preparation for their second leg clash with Liverpool. And he says in order to overcome their two-goal deficit, Villarreal will need to play a perfect game. Ha dicho antes, tenemos que buscar nuestra excelencia en ciertas cosas o estar cerca de ella y provocar. Emery says we have to look for our excellence or be close to it and achieve something that nobody has achieved against Liverpool. We have to go a little farther back from this season to find more weaknesses. This year, nobody has done it. Villarreal have lost just three matches in all competitions this season and none by more than two goals. And they've so far had an impressive run in this year's Champions League, where they eliminated former champions Juventus in the last 16 and Bayern Munich in the quarterfinals. And Coach Emery says while he's happy with Villarreal's current Champions League run, his team won't be satisfied until they deliver another surprise victory. Estamos muy ilusionados. Vamos a jugar unas semifinales de Champions. 90 minutos que Emery says, we are very excited. We are going to play a Champions League semifinal against favorites Liverpool, who last week were very strong in their own stadium and who were better. But we managed to defend well against many chances that could have increased the goals. We come home with the mentality that they have been the favorites, but we are mentally prepared to play our game. Tuesday's second leg will determine which team will compete in the Champions League final match on May 28th at the Stade de France near Paris. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. Meanwhile, Egypt and Liverpool star Mohamed Salah recently won the Football Writers Association Footballer of the Year Award for a second time. For reaction, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with African football analyst Emmanuel Okara. Winning the Football Writers Association Player of the Year for the second time in the last four years did not come as a surprise to me because Mohamed Salah had worked very hard to merit the award. He's one player that can be rightly described as the quintessence of a professional footballer. Right from his very first match for Liverpool FC in August 2017, he literally hit the ground running by scoring against Arsenal FC at Anfield and went on to score 44 goals that season in all competitions. Liverpool Football Club can be rightly said to have reaped bountifully from the 43 million, 43.9 million pounds they spent to buy Salah from AS Roma in June 2017. What does this award mean for Salah's career and as a player of African origin? Since he joined Liverpool Football Club almost five years ago, his career has assumed an upward trajectory and he has never looked back. 
through dint of hard work, Salah has excelled and also opened doors of opportunity for African players to ply their trade without let or hindrance in Europe and elsewhere. I feel that the best is yet to come for him because his glittering career is still ongoing. Whether we like it or not, Mohamed Salah is now a role model for up-and-coming African players still playing their trade in the African continent. Unlike before, when African players were looked at with suspicion as to not being professional enough in their dedication to their job and so on, Mohamed Salah is now like a benchmark and up-and-coming African players now look up to him. And, you know, European clubs and, you know, elsewhere also now look up to African players to see how they can also mold their own Mohamed Salah up to them. If you ask me, Mohamed Salah is the best thing that has happened to African professionals playing their trade in Europe. And do you think he will score more goals before the end of the season? Mohamed Salah has scored 22 Premier League goals this season for Liverpool and is the leading scorer thus far. Salah has also scored eight UEFA Champions League goals so far, and since the season is still ongoing, is likely to score more goals for Liverpool in their push for the quadruple. That's African football analyst Emmanuel Okara. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. This is Sony Title Sports. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy the host of the VOA's African Beat Music Show. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. One of the outstanding athletes of the modern era is coming to terms with what is likely to be his final season at the highest level. Mo Farah of Britain, winner of the Olympic double in the distance events on the track in London 2012 and Rio four years later, returned to competition in London on Monday. Mo finished second in a 10-kilometer road race after almost a year of injury. Farah retains hopes of perhaps running in the Commonwealth Games but is realistic about his slim chances. The energetic Andy Edwards watched the race and heard Mo Farah's comments at first hand. Sporty greetings, Andy! Sporty greetings, Sonny. The setting was regal. The finish of the London 10K was in the shadow of Buckingham Palace, but Mo Farah admitted in as many words that this performance was far from his all-conquering best on the track. Ten years ago, he was beating the best that Africa and the rest of the world could offer, but time marches on. 
He is 39, returning to racing after lengthy injury. And the prospect of qualifying for the British team for the World Championships in Eugene in the USA in August has receded almost beyond reach. Not, not at the minute. I've just taken one race at a time. As I said, like, I've got to, you know, my body has to be ready. My mind has to be ready. Uh, when I line up, I, I have to be the best at that I can. And I have to believe that I can p- compete with these guys. And, you know, today where I am, it looked like there's a lot more work needs to be done. He was gracious in defeat, beaten by Ellis Cross, a high standard club runner who has a day job in a running store. Since failing to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics last year, Mo Farah suffered a stress fracture to his foot then tore a quadriceps muscle in the front of his thigh. He went three months without running a step before beginning a lengthy process of regaining competitive level. It's the longest break of his career. Asked about his plans for track competition this year, he doubted if it would be possible, but held out a slim hope. Just being honest with you guys, I think in terms of track, um... That's it, I think, uh, obviously. I think the European, the Commonwealth, is potential, uh, being honest, uh, for the world champs. I have to be, because I've, I've been there and done it, unless I can compete with the guys and, and be competitive, you, you've got to kind of be honest and make that decision. And at the minute, I think I've got a lot of work um, to get back into it and, and racing again and in decent shape. The Commonwealth Games are in Birmingham in England in mid-July, while the European Championships begin in mid-August in Munich in Germany. In the midst of the press huddle gathered around Farah after the race, you sensed from his tone of voice a mix of desire still for the life of high-level training, but also regret that it was coming to an end. I do love it, and as I said, last year was was tough year, and you always, uh, as myself, uh, you know, I never even think about anything beyond that you kind of think you're going to get to qualify for the olympics you're going to go there and you don't even think if that don't happen uh, because it was uh, and that was tough and as i said like last year i was in better shape than what i showed um and that was tough to take in he does have some time in hand but the problem for any proven winner at top level is that the motivation to just make up the numbers rarely makes sense for athletes such as Mo Farah, just taking part is not enough. He more or less ruled out the prospect of competing in the Commonwealth Games or European Championships, but then offered a slight hope. Right now? No. But in three months, two months, four, as you said, we've still got time. Um, and the thing is, there's no secret to what you do. You've got to put in the miles, you've got to put in the work, week on week out. And if my body allows me to keep doing it, then... If track competition is not an option, the next question would be, would Mo Farah make a serious attempt at racing on the road again? Now, that I doubt, given that his marathon performances did not indicate anything like the same dominance as his track exploits. But, as he points out, he does have several months to make progress and then take stock once more. It is a problem familiar to any elite sports performer. When to decide, the show is over. For the sunny side of sports, this is Andy Edwards in London. Thanks, Andy. And this show will continue after this programming announcement from another London, Larry London. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Rain, rain, rain. 
in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shireen. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins the forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games. 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt, and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7, FMs, and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. Basketball Africa League 2022 resumes May 21st when the BAL playoffs tip off at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. In one of the quarterfinal games on Sunday, May 22nd, 2021 finalist Monastir of Tunisia will take on the Cape Town Tigers from South Africa. Vicky Stark in Cape Town had a chance to talk with the Tigers' American owner and the team's South African assistant coach. Here's Vicky. Fresh from the Nile Conference in Egypt, where they finished third, the team, comprising eight South Africans, a player from Central Africa, one from Congo, and two Americans, is focusing on winning Africa's biggest basketball tournament, the BAL. Cape Town Tigers owner Raphael Edwards, who hails from Brooklyn, New York, says they learned valuable lessons. We did okay in Egypt. You know, we we achieved the goal, which was to make the playoffs. 100% will be great basketball. I've seen them play 75 to 80% in practice. But in Egypt, we only achieved about 55 to 60%. And, you know, now that we're back home, we're just trying to tighten up the screws. We saw and got the feel of the pace of the game. And I, I believe we will. We keep getting better every time we play. And I think when we go back to Kangali, I'm expecting us to start at 65 70% and go from there. Win or lose, the Cape Town Tigers, which was founded by Edwards in 2019, are already the Southern African Regional Club champions. We achieved this success with a lot of hard work, really and truly. Um, my background is of player development. I've trained a handful of NBA players. Um, the most recent is Brandon Ingram, who used to play for the Lakers and now he plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. 
and he's one of the leading scorers in the NBA right now in the playoffs. And what I did was, you know, with my coaches, we handpicked groups of talent nationally from South Africa, and we trained for like eight months rigorously, twice a day, six days out the week. He says despite their success, they haven't managed to secure any funding or sponsorship deals. All of this is privately funded. We can't get any funding from the city or from the country. And that's amazing. One of the funders is the owner, Shante Butler, and myself. We have been funding the Cape Town Tigers since it was established. Solely. How long will he stick around for if money doesn't start coming in? I mean... I didn't set a certain timeline. I'm just working, and I'm working hard and doing my best to do both, the business end, to make a change. And, you know, so far I think we're doing an okay job, but if we had a little assistance, we could be doing more. I think it'll come eventually, but um, I'm prepared to go all the way. You know, I, I don't have a plan B. I'm going to make this work. Uh, my partner feels the same way. Cape Town Tigers assistant coach, 40-year-old South African, Vincent Tunja, is from the Cape Town township of Guguletu. He is a national champion. I remember when I started, I just lost uh, my father. I was uh, 14 years old. He believes in Edwards' vision to not only have a world-class club, but also build an academy in Cape Town where talent from all over the continent can come and train and can feed high schools and colleges in the States. I believe that it was my purpose to be uh, on planet Earth to see how I can continue to use basketball as a vehicle for many other kids that may come after me because where I'm standing, I understand what it has done for me, having to survive the local gangs, having to survive all the social ills associated in growing up in the streets of Kukulet. Ntunja is also amped about the trip to Kigali, where he believes the team will make history by becoming the first South African team to not only participate in the BAL, but also win it. The playoffs take place at the Kigali Arena from May 21 to 28. In their first game, the Cape Town Tigers faced Tunisia's U.S. Monastar in the quarterfinals. For the sunny side of sports, this is Vicky Stark in Cape Town, South Africa. Thanks, Vicky. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports 
on The Voice of America. The Basketball Africa League is a partnership between the International Basketball Federation, FIBA, and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. In NBA playoff action Monday night, the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns both won at home to take one game to none leads in their second round series. The top-seeded Suns defeated the Dallas Mavericks by seven points, as we hear now from the AP's George Tanner. DeAndre Ayton led the way with 25 points and eight rebounds as all five starters tallied for double figures. The Suns led all the way to defeat the Mavericks 121-114 and take game one of their playoff series. Devin Booker added 23 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists, and he says it was nice to see the offense get going. I think we did a better job of that, um, you know, of everybody making plays for each other. Um, I think we still miss more shots than we usually do, um, but we like the looks that we're getting. The Suns picked up their sixth consecutive opening game playoff win and defeated the Mavs for the 10th straight time since November of 2019. Luka Doncic led the Mavs with 45 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. George Taylor, Phoenix. Thanks, George. Now let's go to Miami, Florida, where the Miami Heat beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the opening game of their second round playoff series. The AP's Wayne Rooston reports. The Heat beat the 76ers 106-92, and they did it with defense. Philadelphia overcame a 14-point deficit to lead by one at the half, but Miami went on an 18-7 run, had a 21-point lead, and wore down the Sixers with an aggressive defense down the stretch. Tyler Hero led the team with 25 points off the bench. You know, we can play together. You know, people don't think we can, but, you know, we can, and we've... um, you know, had reps yesterday in practice and, you know, throughout the playoffs, we're going to continue to get better with that. Um, we're just trying to find a balance of, you know, who's handling and who's playing off the ball, you know, and we'll, we'll continue to get better with that. Bam Adebayo added 24 and 12 rebounds. It's the playoffs, you know, first, first to four. Tobias Harris topped all shooters with 27 for the Sixers, who feel they can make the needed adjustments in game two. We just got to make them. I mean, tonight they didn't fall for us. Um... I think that kind of led to, you know, that dropping our energy a little bit on the defensive end. But, uh, you know, we'll take those. We'll take them all again. And hopefully they're there for us next game. And we'll capitalize. I'm Wayne Rooston. Thanks, Wayne. The 76ers played Monday night without Joel Embiid, their injured MVP finalist. In fact, Embiid wasn't even in Miami as he recovers from an orbital fracture and concussion. Injuries suffered in Philadelphia's first-round clinching win at Toronto last week. The big Cameroonian star is not expected to play in Game 2 on Wednesday night in Miami, but there are reports Embiid could play in Game 3 on Friday night when the series moves to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The second round of the NBA playoffs continue later Tuesday night with games in Boston, Massachusetts and Memphis, Tennessee. The Boston Celtics will host the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks and the Memphis Grizzlies are at home against the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors and the Bucks both scored road victories in the opening games of the respective best-of-seven series. This is the voice 
of America. Washington, D.C. World football's governing body, FIFA, fines Senegal Soccer Federation $180,000 for fan disorder at a World Cup playoff match, including shining laser pointers at Egyptian star Mohamed Salah in the penalty shootout. Salah's face was a blur of vivid green light when he prepared to take his penalty kick, which he blasted over the bar. Senegal went on to win the shootout in Dakar in March with Salah's Liverpool teammate Sadio Mane scoring the decisive spot kick. FIFA says its disciplinary committee also looked into a pitch invasion by Senegal fans. Senegal was also ordered to play a future competitive game in an empty stadium. FIFA's disciplinary panel also fined Nigeria $154,000 and levied a one-game stadium closure. Fans invaded the field in Abuja. And there were other incidents of disorder after Nigeria was eliminated by Ghana in their World Cup playoff. up the May 3rd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.